Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorced Video and Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. Again, now week 34. We continue to bring you information twice each week, including our virtual town halls coming up here in November. So if you want more information about our virtual town hall, uh, you can check it out on CordellCordell.com and register where you can log in during that one hour session with Cordell and Cordell attorneys, ask questions and get answers live. But today we're joined by our guests. We're going to talk a little bit about Texas laws that relates to bench and jury trials. So welcome uh, to our program. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your licensure, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. So I am Tamika Lee Cheney. I am board certified in family law here in the state of Texas by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. I've been licensed to practice for approximately 15 and a half years. I've been with Cordell and Cordell here in the Dallas office for eight of those 15 years. And I'm one of a few attorneys in the state of Texas who actually litigate and try cases to a jury in regards to child custody. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's huge. There's only two states that I know of, uh, Texas and Georgia, and I practice law in Georgia. And it was so unusual to tell clients, hey, do you want to bench or a jury trial? And they were like, what, what do you mean? And so it is interesting. And there are some unique advantages to it. And in terms of what you want to do it and when you want to do it, you got to be careful about the selection, right? Uh, so maybe walk people through some of these options. They're kind of in divorce, particularly in Texas, since that's where you're licensed and you're, you have your board of specialization to that. Walk them through kind of what their options are uh, for finality in family court. We'll kind of go from there. Okay, sounds great. So procedurally, there are three ways in which parties can finalize their cases, family law cases here in the state of Texas. One of those ways is by agreement of the parties. And obviously, parties are able to dictate and decide the outcome of their case on their own if they reach an agreement. However, if there is no agreement, then the alternative is either going in a bench trial before a judge or a jury trial in front of juries or members of their peers from the community. And those members can be either 12 or it can be six, depending on whether or not your case is in county court or if it's in the district court. You know, it's interesting. You think about we've we've talked about over the last thirty four weeks ways to try to you know advance your case, uh, particularly mediated settlement agreements and those types of things. And I think that's huge. Um, how often are you seeing informal or even arbitration or informal mediation being used in Texas? You know, it's substantially required now in a lot of the courts here in Texas for several reasons, but one being the courts would like to minimize their dockets. In order to do that, they actually encourage parties to go out and attempt mediation or some sort of settlement before they come into court for a final trial. And during the COVID uh, period, it's increased even more now because a lot of courts aren't able to hear a lot of these cases at this point, and so parties are now more encouraged to go out and try to resolve it by agreement. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I think about jury trials in my uh, early career. I've been, you know, doing this for 20, almost 28 years. Um, I did a lot of jury work. I was a prosecutor. I did uh, jury defense work for big corporations. And you have to kind of be careful about whether or not you want your jury and what the issues are. Uh, and it's a similar, you know, in here in Missouri, we don't have a jury trial for families. So our judge is our jury. So you also got to be careful. We have a right to a change of judge about who your judge is. You just kind of know it. So maybe let's talk about from the judge perspective that for most states throughout the country uh, are familiar with that. There are, are there like four different types of judges in Texas in which you can try your case and maybe you can go through those different types of judges that uh, some of those people that are watching and listening and would see in Texas. Absolutely. So there are four different types of judges that handle family law cases. And some of those judges aren't able to resolve all of the types of issues that 
come into play in family law cases. However, you have your Title IV D court uh, judge, and that judge actually focuses on child support related matters, paternity type cases. And they can also hear child custody cases, but for the most part, they try to steer clear of those particular issues. And then you have your county court judge. And in a lot of the smaller counties in Texas, the district court judges use the county court judges to be able to help them clear their dockets. And so those county court judges can hear the same thing that the district court judges can hear in those smaller counties. And those district court judges, they can hear divorces, child custody, they can hear uh, property and debt division and those sorts of things. And then you have your associate judge. So in some counties, the larger um, counties like Dallas County, the associate judges are appointed or assigned by the district court judges. They're handpicked. And so they then take on the temporary type matters, for instance, temporary orders regarding temporary custody or visitation or child support on a temporary basis. And so there are four different types of judges that can be utilized in the state of Texas regarding family law cases. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. It's interesting as we think about um, judges and juries and, and what they can or can't hear in Georgia, and you can tell everyone about Texas, for example, I know in Georgia, uh, and, and guys listening now thinking, gosh, it's so weird, but they could not decide custody in Georgia. So I don't know, can they do that in Texas or what are the elements that they can decide in a jury trial in Texas? Yes, absolutely. So in Texas, a jury trial, for the most part, is purposefully used in order to determine custody. And that custody being who is the primary conserver of the child or children. And unfortunately, in Texas, the jury trials are great in that aspect in regards to determining primary conservator. The only problem is the judges get to then decide the visitation schedule. However, if you know your judge or your attorney knows your judge, you know whether or not it's wise or advisable to take that case in front of the judge or if it's best for you to take your case in front of a jury of your peers. I think that opens up just a whole host in Texas in terms of strategic thinking about you know, do I want a jury? Is my guy going to play really well in front of a jury and if he wants to be primary or not? I, what are the, the thought process maybe for you that would tip the scales for a jury versus a judge uh, when you're talking about custody? So that's a very great question. I've actually had the ability to try since I've been at Cordell and Cordell for eight years, three cases to a jury. And my clients have been male in each of those instances. And I can tell you that one of the key attributes that I look for whenever I'm selecting the people to serve on the jury is whether or not they know or they themselves have experienced any issues in the court system in regards to bias, that they felt like the courts were more favorable to the moms or to the wives versus to the husbands or the men. And out of the majority of the pool, whenever I pull those jury members in regards to that, everyone raises their hand because they have experienced or know someone who has experienced that. And that then sets the tone for the entire jury trial. And so it's effective for you to actually find out more about your jury pool before you do the selection process. I mean, even selecting a, or demanding a, a trial by jury may even have an effect on settlement, right? The, the other side realizes that they're going to come to the table with something that they may not have. Agreed. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So what is, you know, the typical jury? Is it, you know, how many members are in each? Is it county by county? What would someone expect to see? And in terms of the total number of jurors that would hear a case? 
So when you're serving, in your case, is actually in district court, the district court judges, they have 12 jury members, 12 people from the community that sit on the jury, and they have one alternate. And so that if something happens with that one jury member out of the 12, they then have the alternate. And then in your county court cases, you have six jury members. And in the sixth, you have your one alternate, just in case something happens with one of the six members. So does the decision have to be unanimous, majority? What does it do? Absolutely. So it has to be a unanimous decision. Absolutely. Yep. So when you're thinking about a judge, let's take them both, a judge and a jury, there is some thought process from an attorney's perspective that they're looking for, uh, if you could pick your judge, but you know, you typically can pick a jury, you have some strikes, which you can remove people. What are you looking for, particularly if you were to go down the list, what are the things that may be red flags or questions you'd wanna ask yourself or the jury before you want them to hear the case? Great question. So a lot of that depends on the type of issues that you have in your particular case. So for instance, in a case where a party has a history of uh, drinking alcohol, if you're in a county where it's notorious, it's a college town and everyone drinks alcohol and there, everyone has some sort of strike on their record regarding that, it's not so much of an issue. And so if you address that question in a jury, the question then becomes, are you looking for someone who will be harder on your client because of that? Or are you looking for someone who have experienced it and know that, hey, you're in a college town, it's pretty customary and it's not necessarily an issue. In addition, you want to make sure you're focused on someone who actually has some history or experience in the court system regarding a child custody. If they've gone through the process before, they know how tedious it is, and they feel empathetic for the parent who's done nothing wrong in comparison to the parent who has done something, something wrong, then obviously you want to make sure that you focus on that particular person in the jury selection. It's interesting when you think about judges too. Uh, I've got a case right now which we have an automatic right to a change of a judge for no reason whatsoever as long as we make that decision in the first 90 days. And one of the things or a couple of the things that are going through my mind for my client uh, is history. You know, what is the, this judge's history with family law and typically what are you seeing uh, with regards to their decisions because you tend to get patterns, uh, especially on spousal support and custody and what are they seeing on schedules. And then more importantly, and I want your feedback on this last one, is also on all three, but timing, you know, especially during COVID, what's the timing looking like on their docket? Because I, I've got a judge that really doesn't fit any of my, you know, kind of prerequisites. They don't have a lot of family experience. Right. In, the, in the limited experience that they do have, the, ju the, the judgments are coming against what my client would really want. And lastly, time to get to a trial, I'm looking probably deep into 2021, which doesn't suit well for me, so I'm going to have to take a change. Right. What are you looking at when you're thinking about a judge for your client? So that's important. So a lot, I'm looking for a couple of things. So one being whether or not that judge has any family law experience. If not, then you're actually working through the process of trying to teach this judge the law and tell the judge, hey, this is what the law says, and you're spending more time doing that than focusing on the other issues that are more primary to the case. In addition, I'm looking for uh, judges who are able to um, at least accept or be willing to uh, find that a father should be primary parent versus always siding with historically how it's been in the past, uh, females being the, the stay-at-home moms and dads being the, works, the workers. And so I look for a judge who will actually not be more favorable to gender and actually hear the issues and make a decision based on the issues that's before them. Yeah. Well, uh, Tamika, this is a great topic, especially for many around the country that don't have the right to, to a jury. Uh, and I think it's important, especially for our listeners in Texas and Georgia, uh, for them to kind of get some perspective. But 
for everyone when it comes to your judge, you need to make sure, as you were pointing out, to talk about uh, whether or not you have a right to select your judge and to make a change. It may be a random change, but it may be the best decision for your case. So I think this is why it applies for everyone across the country. So thanks for joining today on the Cordell and Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Scott. So continue to check out all of the podcasts that we've done over the last 34 weeks, just like this one. You can find them on our webpage at CordellCordell.com. You can find them also on YouTube, uh, where you can go ahead and Google Cordell and Cordell. You'll find a a ton of information just like this. Make sure to register for the virtual town hall coming up here in November, where you can log in again, ask questions live, and get answers from our Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys. Until next time, have a great week.